You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 48. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. All right. So... We're talking about casual sex. We um, are. So, you know, we, we we talk about relationships a lot, a lot, a lot. And relationships are great. And we love talking about them. And we love teaching about them. Sometimes you just got to talk about sex. <laughs> and it's a fun topic. And as important as relationships are, sex is important too. Yeah. And, you know, we like sometimes in our polyness, you know, like one of the big things we like to do, especially when we're talking to the media and stuff is – you know, is go, it's not all about the sex. It's not all about the sex. Like, you know, we have romantic relationships and all this stuff and it's all true. Right. And it is, that is what distinguishes Polly is that we have the, the multiple romantic relationships, but let's not lie to ourselves. Right. Sex is good. The sex is good. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a big benefit to be able to have multiple intimate partners. Yeah. So sometimes, <laughs> right. And sometimes these intimate partners may be other romantic partners and other times, they're just fuck buddies. I say fuck buddies on Facebook Live. I hope so. Sometimes they're just fuck buddies, <laughs> right? Like, so they're, they're friends with benefits, maybe. Like, friends who we also have a sexual relationship with. Those are fantastic. Or it's just people that we're straight hooking up with. And this ability to be able to have multiple intimate partners... Going from intimate partners to fuck buddies, which I feel like is an interesting <laughs> jump in language. But this ability to have multiple intimate partners, right? This is one of those things that it's really awesome when it goes right. And it can be really, really bad when it goes wrong. And you run into things like people having wildly different expectations of what this is going to look like or people not getting their needs met or like you run into like really awkward situations either while you're doing this or after, right? Which can be worse. Like you have this person you slept with and especially this is a friend now, like this is really awkward all of a sudden and the friendship's kind of uh, not looking great. And you can, you can run into even, you know, in, in, in the more extreme cases of this, you can wind up running into relationship issues, right? Like, and that can be a relationship issue with your current partner, like especially if you guys had like maybe like a group sex situation that went really wrong, but not even necessarily, right? Maybe like you just went off by yourself and had sex with somebody else and you and your partner did not really have clear ideas on how that was going to look and what those agreements were. And that can cause relationship issues, right? And you can also cause problems with your other relationships, not your romantic partners, but your friends, especially if you're uh, you're doing things like sleeping with your friends, which is amazing. And I recommend trying it, but you can cause issues with your friendships when you get this wrong. But, but, you know, this is where you get the horror stories. And this is where you get those ideas like, you know, that I got when I was first dating Cassie and, and Cassie was trying to get me to have a threesome. And so much so. So much so. And 
Yeah. And people were telling me, you know, well, yeah, that's great and all, and you should definitely do it, but don't do it with the girl you want to be with, right? Because that's going to destroy your relationship. So the thing is, you know, these horror stories and all these issues you can run into, those are very real problems, but the problem isn't in the having of of casual sex. And guys, we're going to kind of from here on out group friends with benefits and just hookups, hookups and, and all that whatever. stuff under casual sex for the purposes of this, the rest of this live, right? Casual sex is going to be sex with anybody who isn't a romantic partner is going to be casual sex for the rest of this, this interview. And, <laughs> you know, the problem isn't the having of casual sex. Having casual sex is great, right? The problem is almost always in how you are negotiating these arrangements and how to properly negotiate these arrangements so that you can just have an awesome, amazing, exciting, fulfilling time without drama during or afterwards is the topic of this live. I think it would be unfair to like dive into all that like serious stuff without talking about like why casual sex why would you do it? Like, what? What is? What, like, like, why? And I feel like and, this is a serious topic. And, uh, I don't know what you you're know. talking about. <laughs> so, when I was sitting here, like, coming up with brainstorming ideas of like reasons why, first of all, I would like to have casual sex. And my my first response to myself question, you know, I'm like, Cassie, why would you like to have casual sex? And I'm like, Yeah, silly, because it's fun, and <laughs> and and that's fine. Like, if that is your answer, like, this is something that's fun. It's cool. So like, it's totally fine if that's your answer, but there can also be some other, other reasons, right? Like when you're having casual sex, you can have a different partner. You can have that variety, something new, something fun, excitement. And there's something to be said about that, that novelty of being with someone outside of your partner. But there's also some benefits to the newness. And what I mean by that is that idea of learning something that you may not have been able to experience with the one partner you had or or even the other partners that you've had and being able to have like this new fun experience and having something to take home, right? Like, wow, I learned something new. This is exciting. And it also helps with things like if I'm trying to figure out what I like. And this one is 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 one of my big pet peeves, actually. It's where, say for instance, I'm not sure if I am... I'm bisexual, or if I like women, and I'm, I'm a woman, or I'm a, I'm a guy, and I don't know if I like other guys. And I'm not really sure if I'm going to be cool with that. Like, having casual sex with somebody and figuring out if, like, you're going to be okay eating pussy is a lot better to do that in casual sex, like, eh, this ain't working for me, than to start a relationship with somebody and find out that ain't your gig, right? So, like... <laughs> and as I said, this is a personal pet peeve of my own. And as Cassie talks about eating pussy, I've got to <laughs> gradually turn her volume down more and but, more because she's she's getting louder and louder. This this could be a way to test like your your curiosities about your orientation. And it's in a situation where like, cool, like I can try this out. I can see if this jives with me. And if it doesn't, we were all in the know of like this was not going to be anything more than that. So there isn't any weird expectations later. It's totally different when you have a relationship. So that can be super, super helpful. I highly recommend it if you are not sure if you're bi and before you go having some kind of relationship, take a test run. I was about to say take a taste run, but take a test run on that. 
Also, it can be like super, super empowering. And I will particularly say, especially for women who growing up, we're told, you know, you're a slut if you have sex with lots of people. You are somehow a bad person or, you know, all the other words. I'm really hoping Facebook doesn't like get angry at us. But it can be very, very empowering to like not have like that desire to be apologetic for what you want, right? Like I want to go try things out. I want to have this opportunity to discover myself and what I enjoy and what I don't. It can also be a very empowering experience to be able to go and and try things out and not feel like you're going to have the backlash from it. Next one's mine. You know, so something else that this can be good for when you want something other than what your partner can provide you. You see this a lot in situations. Well, I'll give two two examples actually that just come to my mind offhand. One is if you are bisexual and your current partner is one gender and like Cassie, you really like boobies and you're just not getting it. That can be something. But actually, the first thing that came to mind for me was kink. You know, this can take a couple forms. This can be, well, you know, my partner and I love them and we're together and, you know, but I got kinky needs that I'm not getting met here and they have no interest in fulfilling and great. I'm going to go screw around with this person, right? Like consensually with everybody in the knowledge. That's that's great. Or it can be a situation like I'm switchy. Cassie doesn't bottom. Well, cool. I've got lots of hot friends who do. Not Cassie. So that that's another reason, right? Is like getting other things than what your partner is interested in providing you. The other thing is, is that maybe you're like full up on this relationship thing right now, right? Like I am polysaturated or I'm just partner saturated or whatever. And I, I'm not really looking to be in another commitment. You know, I'm not willing to put that time and energy into a relationship. Like I I don't have it. I don't want it, but I still want to try some other sexy things and I still want to like get my physical needs wet met. And you know, like that's okay. You had a Freudian slip and a half there. You said your physical needs wet (laughs) and you you corrected it. I did not have a Freudian slip. Anyway, but I want to get my physical needs met and I'm not looking for a partnership or maybe you're in a place where you're not ready to be a partner, right? Like maybe maybe I already have this relationship and I've got a lot of stuff going on and I'm I recognize that I'm not going to be a good partner, but I'd still like to fuck some people and that's okay. Like that's totally cool. Like being honest with yourself and with other people in your lives is awesome. And really like I think the biggest thing is is it's just it's fun. It's fun. Like you want to and it's fun and it's awesome and that's okay. Like seriously, it's You don't totally need fine. any more of a reason. justification than that. So we're going to kind of break this down into things to think about before negotiating with somebody. And then we're going to talk about how to actually do the negotiation. So we're going to start off with talking about before you add anybody else into this conversation. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, all right, let's just, as an example, say Cass and I are together. Before either of us go out looking for a partner to have casual sex with, and especially if we're looking for like a threesome or foursome or moresome situation, we've got some conversations that we need to have long before we go talking to other people. And a lot of people screw this up badly. You, you should have your shit together 
before you go talk to somebody else. Like I said, especially in a group situation, there is no better way to scare off a potential playmate than to be sitting there at the table with your partner and this person's like kind of digging you guys and then you guys start, you're, you're like sitting there and you're like, yeah, and like, you know, maybe a blowjob. Your partner's like, what, what, what? <laughs> and you guys get into an argument at the table. There is no faster way to scare a playmate off than that. And like I said, a lot of people screw this up. Yeah. And so even before talking to your partner, there's a couple of things that you want to do. You want to check yourself. You want to you have like a, a conversation with yourself before even starting that conversation with your partner. And the thing is, first, you want to be honest with yourself, right? Like, let's be honest here. Like, casual sex is not necessarily for every person. I think it's fun. But... Some people may not have it to them to be able to have unattached sex. Like they might need that emotional connection with that person or they may not have the ability not to. So be honest with yourself. Like, is this a situation that I'm going to be able to handle? And there isn't like, especially if you've never done this before, there isn't like a hundred proof. Like you can't like do a checkoff list. Like, yes, I'm good with casual sex. Yes, casual sex. Yes, yes, yes. You can't do that. But you can look back at your past relationships, like how much meaning do you put on sex? How much uh, does that play into like uh, your beliefs around sex and that sort of stuff? And give yourself some idea of how you're going to be about it. Because if this is something that you attach a lot of other things to, it might not be casual sex might not be your thing if you're attaching a lot of other stuff to it. So really kind of think about that because it can be a really not fun eye opener to go into something, having casual sex and realize that you can't handle it because now you're dealing with this new person that you've had sex with and how you're going to interact with them and it can get really mucky. So you want to have a bit of self-awareness in this area before you even start pursuing any other further conversations. And then from there, you and your partner, as, as you were saying, really should have your shit together. And some of the things that you might want to talk to your partner about is things like, what is our standpoint on barriers, right? Like, what is our, our, our ideas? Like, these are some basic things that we want to have some thoughts about before talking to somebody. Now, what I will say about this is that no matter what y'all's discussed, you're still going to have to discuss this with somebody else. But having an idea of like, okay, what, what barriers are we going to use? What, as far as us, are we doing for birth control? Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm on the pill or things like that. Like, what are these things that we're doing to kind of, that we're, we're expecting from each other and that we're hoping to get out of this situation? So what kind of interactions are we looking for in this situation? Because if all we're planning on doing is me getting worked on and you not having anything, we should know that before we go into a conversation with somebody else. So that way we can be upfront with sort of what our idea of these, these things are going to look like. Again, this doesn't mean that you're not having a conversation with somebody else. What this does mean is you guys are on the same page. Yeah, and there's, there's a really fine line here, guys, right? Because you... <laughs> You really, especially if this are things like this is new to you and your partner, you guys don't have any other partners, you guys have not put any agreements in place before regarding, you know, sexual activities and barriers and risk levels. And 
What activities you guys are okay outside your relationship? This is stuff that you guys need to actually discuss in 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 a reasonable amount of detail. Again, not with with the understanding that this isn't going to be you guys are going to come up with this and this is going to be what's going to happen because there's somebody else involved in this situation. But because again, you know, this is one of those things where it's super easy to have this broad conversation of like, you know, I think I think I'll, I'll take it away from just casual sex for a minute, and let's let's put this in a lot. You know how a lot of situations happen. You know, I think it would be great to have a threesome. I think that'd be really hot. Oh yeah, I think that would be really hot too. Cool. So let's do let's it. do it. <laughs> well, there's a whole variety of activities and things that could come up, and things around risk levels. And if you haven't had these discussions about what you're okay with before you even go out and talk to somebody else, there is going to be a blow up. And if God forbid, you better hope there's a blow up then, because if there isn't a blow up, then there's really going to be a blow up later if you make it all the way into the situation without you guys realizing that you guys had very different ideas of what was okay to do. And, and this goes for group sex and it goes for just you going out and hooking up with somebody, right? If the only conversation you've had is it's okay for you to go have sex with somebody and you and your partner have really different definitions of what sex is or what risk levels are okay, well, that's not going to go well. So even though you're going to have to have these discussions again with whoever you were sleeping with, you have to make sure that you have these in depth with your partner. I'm just going to spitball a couple things offhand that you want to kind of consider here, right? What's okay as far as risk levels? Like what kind of things are you looking for as far as STI results in somebody that, you know, your partner is sleeping with, if anything, or if anything, yeah. if anything, if anything, if anything's fine, but if anything, what are you looking for as far as birth control, both from your partner and maybe from anybody they're sleeping with, right? Because if you're in a primary relationship and your partner has an accident, that's going to have consequences, right? What activities specifically are okay to be done with another partner? And again, that might really vary depending on risk levels and barriers and things along those lines. You know, we're mostly dealing with poly people as far as this call goes. But what, if anything, are the expectations as far as interactions afterward? Like, is this really just expected to be like uh, sleep with somebody and leave them? That's what I was saying. Like, yeah. like fuck, bye. Yeah, like, yeah. fucking bye. Like, and that's it. Like, so you you need to have all these conversations and be very, very clear with your partner before you go having these conversations with anybody else. And from there, recognizing that you and your partner can negotiate things and have ideas of what you want to do all you want, but this is another person. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But when you're, when you're gathering all these things and you're talking about what you're not okay with and what you are okay with and what you'd like to do, because it's good to kind of have an idea of like, you know, what would we like to do, is recognizing that you need to be offering things too, right? What are you offering to this situation? What are you bringing to the table? If, if you're asking for STI results, are you bringing STI results to the table? If you're looking for this amazing blowjob and, and, and your hair pulled and this, that, and the other, what are you offering somebody? Like what, what is it that you're bringing to this, right? And that's a really good thing to have in your mind before you're you're going about this because it's really easy to be like, I want this and I want this and I want this and never really considering like what it is that you're willing to do. 
And I'm going to say that a lot of vagina havers, we have had situations where, you know, people don't go into it thinking about things like us having orgasms or getting our pussies eaten or anything like that. They come into the situation like, I want this, this, and this. What about you? And so giving some thought of like, what am I offering this person that I want to have casual sex with? Because it should be a win-win for everybody. And guys, that's, that is a principle. <laughs> if you've listened to us, you've heard us talk about before, that's a principle that need to be applied to all of your interactions with other partners. Okay. Yeah. And it's true for sex as well. So we're going to give some general, general things about talking to somebody that you're thinking about having uh, casual sex with. And then we're going to go kind of in a deeper dive on the details. You almost touched on it uh, before, which is, you know, when you're talking to this person, even if this is a person that you are just planning on hooking up with for a night, this is a person. And something that we forget is that all of these things are little relationships, right? Even if you're just having casual sex, this is a relationship. A relationship is, it's the connection that you have with somebody and the expectation that you have for care and interaction. That's why you can have a, a neighborly relationship with your neighbor, or I can have a friendship relationship, or I can have an acquaintance relationship. These are all relationships. So this is a casual sex relationship. And I have to remember that this is a person. And even though this might be short term or a one-time interaction, that this is still a relationship that I need to consider what care I'm providing and what the expectation is for this interaction. And so if I'm coming to the table saying, I want casual sex, it's very important for me when I'm talking to this person to be very clear that we're on the same page. What is this casual sex, this hookup? What does this look like? And making sure that everybody has those, those understandings before we do stuff. Because if you don't, you're going to get hurt right? If I consider friends with benefits one thing and you consider it something else, my definition is we hang out and we're buddies and you're friends with benefits means you see me at a play party occasionally and say hello. I might get my feelings hurt. Like I, you need to make sure that you're very, very clear on what this is and that you're not making promises you don't plan to keep. If I am not planning on talking to you after we sleep together, I should probably tell you that. Or if I'm planning on trying to have a relationship, I should. And it's really important to be honest about this. So if it's something that's able to grow, that's fine to say, you know, I'm cool with hooking up and maybe we can become friends, maybe. And putting that maybe out there is okay. But don't mislead people. And this is where we get into unicorn hunters. Uh, I, don't, I don't bash unicorn hunters too often, but this is an area that that kind of makes people who are looking for like closed relationships and things like that look bad is where you go out and you're like, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to date you. But really all you wanted to do was get them in your bed and sleep with them. And if that is what you're looking for, more power to you, buddy. But be honest about it. And be guys, people will still sleep with you regardless. Yes. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I've had lots of people mess around with me, play with me and sleep with me when I've said, I'm not really, I'm not really doing this whole relationship thing right now. I'm polysaturated. Like, that's fine. It's not, you know, does that mean you're going to get the person who wants a relationship? No, but you don't want them anyway. That's not what you're looking for. So you want to have these things set up front. 
You want to make sure that what you're saying is truthful and that you're not adding and redacting later from it. And what I mean by that, not, not that you don't change your mind, right? Like, you know, I would like to possibly, you know, do this again. But don't go back and say, I know I told you I was looking for a relationship, but now I'm not. And don't expect the other person to change. So it's okay for you to kind of, you know, maybe decide, like, I would like to explore something else. But if you're not down with that, don't expect that that person's going to change. So what you discuss, keep it in that context of what both of you are comfortable with. Like, if that person is like, no, I'm not looking for a relationship, I'm just looking for sex, honor that. You could bring it up and say, hey, I really enjoyed you, but don't push it. Like, be respectful of that person's boundary. So how do you actually go about the nitty gritty of negotiating casual sex with somebody? Well, we're going to teach you guys to negotiate like kinksters. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. We, we come from the kink community. If you've been around us at all, you know that we teach in the kink community. One place that the kink community absolutely gets it right uh, especially when compared to the rest of the world is when it comes to negotiation because of the stuff that you deal with and, and kink and, you know, the potential for injury and all this other stuff. Negotiations in a kink setting are handled very, very differently than most people handle them in the rest of the world when they're dealing with sex. And it is a good thing to do. We actually negotiate any kind of sexual activity in the same framework that we use for negotiating a scene. I highly suggest that people do it. We actually will teach sometimes this to people who aren't kinky at all, just as a way that they should be having some of their conversations around sex because kinky people are very, very clear around being very clear about boundaries, being very clear about exactly what activities are okay, what activities aren't okay. You know, a lot of times we're taught to just kind of go with the moment. There's this attitude of, well, you know, you go with it and all right, and then you try kissing and well, if they let you get away with that, you try a little more and all right, well, it seems like they're good with this and right. And, and you just kind of hope that it works out. And that leads to a lot of issues. Do you want to say anything more about that before I kind of go on? No, that was, okay. that was good. That leads to a lot of issues, right? You guys need to set up a framework and cultivate having clear communication. It's going to minimize confusion. It's going to minimize hurt feelings. It's going to minimize the potential for violated boundaries, which is always a really serious risk, especially when you're dealing with people that you don't have a background with at all and you don't know and you don't know any of this stuff, right? Just feeling it out is not a great idea. So these things need to be discussed. They need to be discussed ideally in advance. And so we're going to talk you guys in a rather abbreviated fashion through negotiating your casual sex encounters like kinksters. We actually have an entire class that we teach uh, in the kink community on uh, negotiation consent and how to negotiate your scenes. We're going to have an abbreviated, we're going to do an abbreviated version of that that's kind of tailored to you going out and just hook it up with people. We will post a link for this though, if you want to actually watch that whole thing and there's a worksheet and like all kinds of things, but it, that's really more catered <laughs> to scening. This is important stuff, regardless of if you're interested in kinky sex or you're just a missionary and oral sex person, right? Like these things need to be discussed. And ideally you want to discuss these things before the situation. Not saying that always happens. Sometimes you meet somebody and it clicks. Then you got to negotiate things before doing it. But if you know this is something that you're coming up on, like, hey, we set up this like whole little date thing. Ideally, doing this beforehand when people's panties aren't wet yet and, uh, you know, you're ready to charge and go do stuff is usually a better idea. 
And if I had to break down but one way for people who are not familiar with how people in the kink scene tend to negotiate things and how that differs, right, beyond the structure that we're going to give you, because that structure varies a little bit depending on who you ask, and we're going to give you what we think obviously is the best way to do it. But the biggest difference is instead of being like, mwah, 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 this is hot. Okay, how about this? Mwah, mwah, okay, we're doing this. Okay, how about this? All right, next thing you know, you're in it, right? Literally. Um, <laughs> the difference is in, in how people – negotiate in kinky situations or should be negotiating in kinky situations is I would like to play with you. We are going to have a discussion now and we're going to have this discussion about what we're doing before we do it. So what does this look like? So first off, kinksters start with negotiating from, and, and this is kind of like our format, but what are your hard limits? And, you know, so a lot of folks, when we're talking hard limits, go right to kinky stuff, right? Like my hard limit is getting my butt smacked. But this is any activity that you're not okay with. This is this is an activity that you're not cool with. You do not want to happen. It is a no-go. It is your no-go, right? So maybe that's anal sex for you. Maybe that is certain words, right? Like maybe I'm not okay with being called a slut. Maybe that's having your hair pulled. Yeah. It it can be anything. It doesn't have to just be a BDSM activity. So hard limits, what are they, right? Like what are your hard limits? The next thing is what are your soft limits? Soft limits are stuff that needs further negotiation. Like maybe I'm okay having unbarriered sex, but not tonight. And that would require more talk. That, that, That would look like that. Again, not just kinky stuff, but also just general sex stuff. Like maybe that's, I know for a lot of people, anal is actually a soft limit. They just don't actually list it as one. That is something that requires a little more negotiation and talk. So the next thing is injuries and health. Is there stuff that I need to know about you physically that for one is going to protect you and two can protect me? These are things like STI statuses. And things like, do you have anything that I could harm you with, right? Like, and and this can happen during sex, right? Like, I've 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 messed around with someone years ago who had ovarian cysts and could not use like really 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 forceful vibration, but I would not have known that if I wouldn't have asked that question, right? So asking this question of like, is there any health stuff that I should know? And then also being curious and asking. So if you want to know something about someone's status or what their 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 current what, and, and remember guys, we did a whole thing on STIs like the other week. What your current status as far as what your understanding is right now, because that can change depending on who you're having sex with and things like that. But to ask those questions, because this person may not know that that's the information that you're asking for. If you're the person being asked, don't don't get offended. Like a lot of times when someone asks you things like, you know, can you share with me about your statuses, things like that, people automatically assume that you're calling them dirty. And if you're trying to cultivate this 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 communication and this understanding, you need to be open and say, you know, no, you know, this is what my statuses are. This is what it is. And and take it not from a stance of someone accusing you, but someone trying to take care of their body. Something else that you want to ask people about is what what triggers do you have, right? What is it that could send you into a bad place and make this a bad experience? And this, you know, this varies for a lot of people, but this is stuff that you can a lot of times 
very easily hit during sex, right? You've got people who, if you grab a certain part of their body, right, that can be a trigger. You've got people who, if you say certain things to them, that can be a trigger. Especially folks who may have experienced some kind of sexual trauma before. There are certain certain activities and things like that that can cause that. And when I say activities, I mean things like how sex is being done. Like maybe this person is not okay with rough sex, right? Like maybe that is a trigger. So asking, you know, very gently, is there any triggers, anything emotional or, or that could cause some kind of uh, emotional harm to you that I should know about? And also, if you are that person that may have a trigger, you don't have to explain it. You don't have to go into detail as to why you have it. You, you, you know, no one has a right to know your reasons, but you can say, look, this is not something I'm okay with. I'm not okay with this. This is, this is not good for me. And uh, guys, one more thing I'll throw in here, and it's edging a hair more towards the kinky end, but it is something that comes up a lot during rougher sex. And it's something that is very triggering for a lot of people face slapping. I always, always, always triple check that before <laughs> I do that to anybody because that's something that a lot of people who like like rougher sex will throw in their repertoire and that's something that can set a lot of people off in a bad way. So I just wanted to throw that in there. I know that's edging a little kinkier, but it is something that comes up for people during sex and it tends to be triggering for a lot of folks. The next thing that you want to talk about is sex, right? And, you know, we, when we're, we want to talk about what is sex. I feel like you should give the example yeah. that you always give so, when we're teaching this so class. So here's the thing. You're probably sitting there going, well, Cassie, you just talked about, you know, hard limits with sex and soft limits with sex and things like that. And that's all fine and dandy. But the problem is a lot of times when we're talking about hard limits and soft limits and stuff like that, we forget that sex is a variety of different things. Like if anal is my hard limit, I'll remember to tell you anal. But I'm probably not going to think of all of the other things that could go on or what it is and things like that. And I had a really awesome experience at Micah College. I'll make this short. <laughs> um, but, you know, someone, someone was talking about negotiations and they were like, well, why, why do you talk specifically about what sex is? And I said, well, cool. Would you like to have sex with me? And it was a nice young lad. And he was like, well, yeah. And I said, Great. Go on to the bathroom, clean up behind you, and I'm going to go get my strap on on. What? Exactly. So my definition of sex may be very different to your definition of sex. So you actually want to, and that's why we separated out from the hard limits and soft limits is because this is a very different conversation. This is, you know, what is sex to me? What kind of sexual contact am I okay with? Is oral really, sex? Yeah, is oral sex? Because for a lot of people, oral is not sex, right? Is is fingering sex? Is, you know, the sex toy sex, right? For some people, sex toys is not sex. For other people, they still have the same precautions. So really, really narrowing down exactly what sex is and what the specific activities and things like that are okay. Heck, I know somebody who's willing to uh, have sex with me but will not let me use an Itachi. Well, will let me, but don't want to, don't, don't, doesn't want me to use an Itachi. There's these conversations around what it is that sex is and the different kinds, and then sort of looking at it from now negotiations from those different things, because it may be very different. Like my perspective on oral may be very different than your perspective on oral. Like I might not think that's really sex and I may not require barriers. Well, if that's sex for you, you're going to want barriers. 
things like that. So it's really important to really get into that sex conversation about what sex is, what it isn't. And then from there, you can start having your negotiations around what needs to be done for those things. Because I may want my toys covered with condoms, you might not give, and that's fine, but we should have that conversation. The, I like we can touch rather lightly oh, on this. Oh, this one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch very lightly, but I still think it's important. Kingsters talk about aftercare and negotiating that. And I, I, I still wanted to leave it here when we were talking about it because it is important, even when you're having casual sex with somebody, to have an idea of what that person's going to need afterwards. So even if this is a casual encounter, I don't plan on seeing you again. After we fuck, what do I need? Do I need a shower? Do I need a couple of minutes to lay in bed? Do I need a snuggle? Do I need a text the next day? Yeah. Like if, if this is rough sex, do I need a text the next day just to make sure I'm okay? What, what Whatever those things are, it's important to know what each of you are going to need from this afterwards. Having, having a little conversation about that. The next two things will help you immensely, okay? They're not necessary for negotiating, but they will help you so much. And the, the, the first thing is, is asking this person's prior experience. Like, have you ever had casual sex before? Because if this person hasn't, there's a likelihood that their reaction to casual sex may be very different than your seasoned slut like myself. So I own that. Finding out, is, is this something that you've done before? Because that's going to give you an idea of if they are emotionally mature in this area. Have you ever played with anybody else? Have you ever like casual? Have you had sex? Have you had sex? Have you had this kind of sex? Yeah. Have you had casual sex ever before? Well, I meant like activity specific. Like yeah. this is going to be the first time that you're doing this particular, is this the first time you're doing anal? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's probably something that's good to know. Just what, what have you done before and what was it like, right? Like not detail, but like how did it go for you? What happened? And if you're finding that like the person was like, I had casual sex once and me, and me and my partner blew up and there was this whole fight and we almost broke up about it, you might want to have a little more of a conversation about, you know, is this a good idea? Also, if you find out like I've, I've never had casual sex before and I'm a virgin, you might want to have a little more of a conversation. Like, so prior experience, it's good to touch on. It will help you so much with not uh, having drama later. <laughs> because you can kind of get an idea from how people are responding to that and what their experiences have been. Tells a lot. If, if I'm talking to you and saying, oh, I've had tons of experiences and all of them have been horrible, I might be the common denominator, folks. And the last thing when you're having this negotiation conversation that, you know, you might want to touch on and is a good idea is kind of like your hopes and general expectations for the encounter. So that way, like, if I'm looking for rough sex and you're looking for like lovey-dovey shit, I under know, I understand where you're at and we can negotiate it. So just a general understanding of like what we'd like our encounter to look like with the understanding that that may flex and change a little bit, but just a general understanding. So guys, sit down. You got somebody you're interested in. You guys are looking to do stuff. Again, sit down and have these discussions ahead of time. The most, when, when I talk about negotiating like a kingster, right? The biggest thing, I mean, this format's good. We think you should use it, right? But the biggest thing is actually sitting down and having these discussions about what is okay and what's not okay and what is planning on happening before you just stumble into it. 
get why don't you give some quick pro tips okay we'll- so some some quick pro tips and you know and and part of this is like dealing with the after okay so one thing that I want all of you, especially if you've never done casual sex, is to realize you can have NRE after fucking. Okay? I did want to say, now this said you do get NRE and I from fucking and <laughs> I, I change this to say you can. Some yes. people do, some, some people, people don't. don't, but it's good um, to know that you can. But especially if you've never had casual sex before, you're new to it, it's a lot more likely. So <laughs> it's a lot more likely to happen if this is one of your first like experiences that way. So just recognize it, recognize this can be something that you're like super in that like drugged brain for those who might not understand uh, NRE is new relationship energy, but it's that newness, that fluffiness, that, oh my God, so excitingness. And you can have that. And it's really important that even if you are super jived because of this interaction that you have with this other person, when you're in a relationship with somebody else, pay attention to that person Keep, keep focus on them and, and make sure that, you know, you are fostering that relationship. Probably don't go back. Yes, I did this the first time we had a threesome. Probably don't go back afterwards and then spend the next three days talking to your partner about how great the sex was with that other person. That's not, it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Even with somebody like me. Yeah. It's so not. don't, don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't and spend guys, three days. I'm going to throw this in here too. Realize that if you have never done this before, and I I actually thought this was what you meant when you said NRE, Mm -hmm. if you've never done this before, you don't know if you're the kind of person who's going to get attached from sex. Some people do get attached from sex, especially uh, I think even most of us who wind up getting to a point where we don't get attached from casual sex start with some level of that when we first start doing it. Okay. So it's just something to keep in mind and be aware of. I was going to touch that. And the only thing I'll add to that is, is like, while you're being like mindful of that, recognize that if you see yourself being like, I think I might love this person, like check yourself a little bit. Like, hey, really? Sparky, you like, had, you had some good, you, you had some good sex. Like the cock was nice. The pussy that was nice, whatever. It was cool. Come back to reality. But just recognize that that is something that can pop up. If this is a group sex situation and you did stuff with your partner, or even if it's not a group situation and you went out and did something without your partner, recognizing that like the feels do come up sometimes, even if you've done this kind of stuff over and over again, there can be feelings that come up of like inadequacies and jealousies and those oh gosh feels. And it's really important if it does come up that you have a safe space for your partner to come and talk to you about it. You know, like if I'm, if I'm feeling stressed or I'm, I'm feeling weird about this whole situation, like rather than being like, it was a fun time. I don't understand why you're acting that way. Like, you know, give, give a space for your partner to, to have their feels. It's, it's really important. And the last pro tip I'll give you guys is respecting the boundaries of others. So if there was agreements, right, there was agreements and I kind of touched on this earlier, but like there's agreements that we're not going to talk after this or we're not going to talk about this. Like a lot of times when we're having casual sex, this is a hush hush thing between us, right? Like if this is something that like, you know, this is an agreement that we've had of some sort, whether it's contacting or telling other people about it or whatever, don't don't break those boundaries. Like really respect the boundaries of the other person that you negotiated with. Just plain and simple. I'm not going to go into the 50 million ways that you can break Being boundaries. Being a weirdo is a great way to not get laid again. Yeah. So, so, so just don't do that. Like respect people's boundaries. Respect the agreements that you make. That makes you an awesome person. All right. What about casual boyfriends and girlfriends? 
that's not really what we're talking about. I, I mean, I would, I would almost say that you're talking about like friends with like benefits situation. Yeah, like yeah. I almost feel like you'd be talking about like what I'd consider friends with benefits, like which are great, which is like I have fun with you. We are friends. We, we you hang know, out. We, also we hang out. We can support each other. We also fuck. Like yeah. that's great. All right. So, guys, that's it. I know, like I said, I, this was longer than our thing, but it, it it was, I think, very educational. And fun. And fun. Super fun. And super fun. And like casual. Yeah. What else? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> guys, you know, one thing that I do like to say, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up on this note because I, I, I think it's a, it's a good thing to say, is honestly, once you guys understand that, like, you can negotiate, like you can negotiate sex. I think a lot of people get hung up on this idea of like, we're just supposed to let it happen. Like once you are able to recognize, like I can negotiate sex, sex is really easy guys. Like sex is simple. That is the simple, easy, as Josh would say, small potatoes. Yeah, this is, you know, (laughs) this is this guy, this is the thing that, especially when people are newer to doing this, they're newer to poly, they're newer to open relationships, right? People really expect that this sex is where you're going to get hung up. Like when you're first poly, you're like, oh my God, my partner is going to sleep with other people. I'm going to be sleeping with other people. Everybody's going to be so jealous. How is this going to work? And then it's one of those things that once you get over that hump of of, of the mental portion and it being scary and it actually happening – Sex is easy. That's not what people in poly relationships wind up getting into arguments about, right? They wind up getting into arguments about like where are the kids going to school and where the spoons get put away and, you know, who's who's spending, you know, Saturday evening together. Like not about the sex. Yeah. Just recognize that, you know, sex is easy. But if you are a poly folk and you're having some challenges, you know, you're finding that it's it's not just the oh, you know, we can't figure out how to negotiate sex, but like we're having issues in various areas of our life and we're having trouble keeping agreements. We're having issues working through all these agreements and all these other things. Then that's something different. And you guys might want to reach out. We do offer a free call, a consult to be able to talk to you guys. Um, You can hop on with us and we can talk about, you know, what challenges you're having in your relationship. So, you know, you can book a call. We'll shove that somewhere. You do that. It's um, atouchaflavor.com forward slash call. Yeah. And, you know, you guys can reach out. But, again, the sex stuff, that's the easy one. And, guys, I will be posting, for those of you who are kinky, who just really want a way more detailed look into how kinksters negotiate and kind of how we suggest this process of negotiating goes. And also just sort of into, like, consent in general and what consent is and all that. Yeah. I will post the link to the thing on our site there's like a blog post and a worksheet and like a 40 minute video just talking through the negotiation portion that we kind of hopped over in like eight or nine (laughs) minutes okay all right guys well it was fantastic talking to you i hope you have a rest of your thursday is awesome and amazing and uh you know if you are planning on having casual sex good luck with you on it all right talk to you guys later Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. 